This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Oh, man, Hillary, we've got a great show coming up for you. Stu's just in the other room fashioning a noose so he can hang himself uh, after our morning meeting. It's better. It's a better option than what we're facing. Yeah. You know, I I just want to make the case of what, uh, you know, I said to Stu today. I'm not sure we make it to the election in one piece. Uh, And I mean the election this fall. All right. I was like, 2024? No, no, no. no. This no, one no. coming up. No. <laughs> um, Hopefully not. You didn't mean like the, today's primaries. Um, no. Because <laughs> we only have a few hours until that. But y- your case. It is so important that everybody understands. You know, you hope and pray that God will protect us from some of these things. But all of them that you're talking about here are plausible. They, they all are on the table to happen soon. Yeah. With, I mean, by August. By August. Uh, The world can be a very, very different place by August, and it is intentional, and I will, I'll show you next. The Glenn Beck program, we have Ken Paxton on to talk to us about the border. Uh, yesterday, who even knew the, the World Economic Forum had a militarized police force arresting a friend of the program and somebody who used to work here. We're going to talk to them uh, also. We have James Lindsay on, and I want to start with how the world is going to be a very different place by the next election. And I do not mean 2024. I mean this fall in 60 seconds. Once upon a time, finding the right real estate agent to help you buy or sell a house was a roll of the dice. You'd read the, you know, you'd read the the seat, the bench there by the bus, and you'd be like, ah, that guy, he's got bus, he's got bus boards and bus seats. He's gotta be good. If you want to buy or sell a house right now, you need the person that is going to get the most money for your house and then be able to negotiate the lowest price for the house that you are uh, moving into or you want. Be able to even buy the house that you want. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. It is the, I think, the best agents 
in the country, the best agents in your area, the people with the most experience, the best track record, the highest customer service, they already know the advertising, how to be able to get people to their website so there are people hungry for a house just like yours. These are the top sellers in the field. We check on them all the time to make sure they're staying that way. If you're in a buying or selling mood or both, check them out, please. It's a free service to you. Find the right real estate agent with realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Okay, I wanna, I wanna lay out a case here that um, America, there's two cases. America and the world is going to be in a very different place Come uh, probably August, but definitely by November. Okay. A very different place. And your friends are going to be freaking out and they are going to listen to the people that have caused the, uh, the chaos and emergency. It is very important that you know, and you're warning your friends and you are prepared for these things. Now, I think this summer and I, I'm always wrong on timing, but I'm telling you, we are headed for a different America from the one you're living in right now. Let me lay out the case. The second case, by the way, is it's all planned. This is this is coordinated. They know exactly what they're doing. Let's start with gas. The average price of regular gas hit another high Monday reaching $4.59 per gallon. That's the highest recorded price on record. That's the average national price. Mid-grade is now hitting $5 a gallon. It's at $4.97 a gallon, actually, to be technical. And premium is $5.25. Diesel is at $5.55. Now, my question is, how long can you pay $5 a gallon? I guarantee you that by the end of the summer, you are going to be paying 6 to $7 a gallon. By August, you will have paid or will be paying 6 or set national average. That's not California. The word guaranteed was used there, usually apply some usually includes some sort of retribution if you're wrong what would you like to include in the guarantee i'll fire you well that doesn't wait <laughs> okay well i don't know I, okay. nothing off, comes off the top of my head that's... but you're saying national average six to seven dollars what's yeah. the national average today again you the said... national average today is 459 we haven't hit summer yet summer is when it always goes up six Six dollars a gallon. I'm. I mean, I can't imagine it not hitting six. I'm putting it in your prediction calendar. Okay. Um, by August, beginning of August or end no? Of August? Do end of August. End do of it August. by Labor Labor Day. Okay. Diesel is going to hit seven to ten dollars a gallon. Now this isn't just by itself. Okay. By the way, over the last month. You've added 47 cents per gallon. That's a pretty fast climb, is it not? The U.S. retail price could surge 
by August, this according to J.P. Morgan's Commodity Research Head, to $6.20 on the national average. So if I say 6 to 7, you're in the range. I'm in the range. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what's causing this? Well, it's Putin. It's Putin. Mm. Joe Biden just said something very, very important out loud. Remember, you want to take every crisis, every serious crisis, and make it into lemonade. You want to find a way to transform things. You can do it with a crisis. So here's crisis number one. Yesterday in Japan, the president said that we're in an incredible transition. Here's the situation. It's like he doesn't know that our press and cameras are over there in Japan. Here's the situation. I'm quoting from him. When it comes to the gas prices, we're going through an incredible trans, uh, transition that's taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. Hmm. Now, what does that mean? This is why they are shutting down the oil refineries. They're shutting down the uh, search for oil. And they're doing it how? They're doing it through ESG. Build back better. So what does that mean? Well, we got to build back better. So as things become decrepit, things are falling apart. Well, we're going to build back better. We're going to build back with clean energy. This is a plan. No matter what the president says about Putin, I wouldn't put it past them again looking at Putin. Remember, we were egging Putin on, egging him on. I wouldn't put it past Putin uh, or the administration to say, you know, another benefit is they've got a lot of the oil and your your gas prices. Remember this quote from Barack Obama will necessarily go up. This is something the Obama administration talked about, that gas prices, if you had a carbon tax Everything would go up, which would mean you would want to get off of fossil fuels. This is a created emergency, and they know exactly what they're doing. Okay. Now let me give you the next one. Another crisis. Biden has just asked officials to begin preparing a plan to order the release of fuel from the Northeast home heating oil reserve this is a government stockpile of ultra low sulfur diesel that the last time we tapped into it was 2012 during hurricane sandy they are now talking about tapping into this now the entire stockpile for the e, uh, for the east coast is just slightly more than a million barrels of diesel Slightly more than a million barrels of diesel. You know what that will do? That will cover 65%. If we use every drop of it, 65% of the East Coast's daily demand. It won't even cover a full day of diesel. It's strategic. Now, 
we've already taken our our um, strategic oil reserves and we've already depleted them. They're at the lowest levels they have been. Did you feel that at the gas pump? Because I didn't. I didn't notice that when that happened. We're now at the lowest levels. Now, this is another crisis I want you to be aware of. First of all, if things get worse in Ukraine or they don't get better in Ukraine, we have 13 days of of diesel for the East Coast remaining. Now, I'm assuming we're continuing to make some to hold that off, but those days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. I don't know when we run out or we have to start rationing, but gang, we are 13 days away from no diesel fuel on the East Coast if anything happens. Now, what do you think that's going to do? That will stop all of the trains. It will stop all of the trucks. It will stop all of the ships. It will stop just about anything our military could possibly do. Okay, so we have that crisis. We have the crisis of there's no strategic oil reserve and we are or very little left and we are depleting it. Now, let me give you the next one. This according to the UN's World Food Program official, David Beasley. He said yesterday, the planet is facing a was facing a global food crisis before Russia invaded Ukraine. Let me read that again. Quote, the planet was facing a global food crisis before Russia invaded Ukraine, which is known as the breadbasket of Europe as it feeds 400 million people. This is reported today by Bloomberg. Along with mass migration from the ongoing war, UN's World Food Program official David Beasley is concerned that Russia's invasion has compounded the crisis facing the human race. Failure, listen carefully, failure to open up the ports is a declaration of war on our global food security. There were 49 million people knocking on famine's door across 43 countries before Russia invaded Ukraine. They have to be extremely concerned about how destabilization and mass migration might affect the food supplies if we don't get ahead of this. We shouldn't kid ourselves that there are limits to Putin's brutality. The task here at Davos is for the world leaders to recognize that hunger is being used as a weapon. He called the impending global food shortage a catastrophe. Okay, so you knew in advance there was already famine on the way for 49 million. Ukraine feeds 400 million people and the the ports are blocked and so what did we tell you yesterday that yesterday our state department verified our pentagon denied it but the state department said they're working on a plan the united states is working on a plan to sink 
the Black Sea fleet of Russia. Well, that's an act of war. But is that something you do if they're blocking the ports because blocking the ports is an act of war? You have massive fuel shortages, massive, which will include summer blackouts. You then have massive food problems and shortages, which will cause massive migration problems. And don't forget, our border is wide open, and we've told everybody in South America, we've got plenty. In fact, we have too much, and all of that stuff we have, we stole from you and others. So come on and get it. I haven't even gotten to the good part yet. Oh, war. Uh, But not just war. I mean, global war. Not just war with Russia. Global war, including China. I'll explain in 60 seconds. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. These days, you need to be doing more to protect your finances, your investments, your family. You got to do everything you can to help save as much money as you can so you can survive inflation and anything else that's coming your way. I'm telling you, the food prices are going to go through the roof because of the diesel prices. Um, it's, it, you've got to save everything you can, please pay off the high interest debt, shorten your loan terms. You can easily access cash with your equity. So many possibilities. There's ways that could save you a ton of money as much as a thousand dollars a month. Please. Why not learn more? Start soon. You can close in as little as 10 days. It's American financing. Call them, tell them your situation. 800-906-2440-800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. So yesterday, uh, President Biden uh, and then the And then the White House immediately walked it back, but China heard it. And then he said, I've already said, I've already explained my position in my speech. Uh, So what we have here, gas and energy crisis, blackouts this summer, war possible because of the food shortages and the Black Sea being blocked by Russia. Taiwan, president said, if they invade Taiwan, we will defend them. You have food shortages. Massive food shortages, hopefully not the food shortages here in America, but you're going to have the migration problem here in America, and you're going to have a problem getting the food if we're paying $8 a gallon for diesel fuel. You'll have a hard time even affording the food. These things just there, they lead to a national emergency. You don't want a national emergency declared because we've seen what the government can do once it declares a national emergency. But I haven't talked to you yet about monkeypox. Monkeypox, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this week the Biden administration is changing our uh, our deal with the WHO. He's making it so the WHO can come in without our permission and declare emergencies. And that gives them global authority. 
he has submitted things to our agreement that are just removing lines of protection for national sovereignty. And that's what they're voting on. And it won't have to go through the Senate because of the way he's done it. So you have that fun, fun little fact that we're dealing with monkeypox, which they're now coming out and saying the CDC warning to gay bisexual men. It is it's spreading in your community. Be careful. Uh, Then you have on top of that chaos on the streets. Not only because of what's coming uh, with the Supreme Court, if that indeed does happen, but you also will have uh, uprisings uh, on the streets for all kinds of political things, I'm sure, leading up to the election. Oh, and uh, one other thing, crime completely out of control on our cities. What do you think we look like? By November. You never ever. Oh, but did I add next week? Uh, yes, it's yes. It's a week from tomorrow night. We're doing a special on the emergency orders and the new FEMA directives. Did you know this? FEMA's changed some of its directives. Wait until you hear about that. We are in a very, very different world by the end of the summer i pray that i am wrong about the timing but if it doesn't happen this summer it's going to happen because all of these things the gas it's not putin's fault this is this is something this is a crisis they have been wanting to have they want you to pay ten dollars a gallon for gasoline they want the fleet to age out. Did you see? Americans are driving older cars than ever before. Our fleet is older than ever before in American history. Hmm. What does that mean? Well, if you can't afford to buy a car in the next few years, once you can afford to buy a new car, you're going to buy an electric one. So that problem solves itself with gas. Because you'll only have a choice of electric soon. The war, we have been egging them on, and now we are beating the war drums like nobody's business. Food, we knew that was a problem. That's going to lead us to war, possibly. Migration, what are we doing at the border? All of these things are intentional. All of these things are... Did you vote for this? Did you vote for a dramatic transition, something that America is going to be so much better off for in the long run? Did you vote for this gas price? Because it's intentional. The Glenn Beck Program. Ken Paxton's coming up in just a second. MyPillow, I have to talk to you about um, MyPillow products. I've talked to you about things that make me sleep so much better. Let me talk to you about the slippers that they have done. If you haven't seen them before, let me tell you a bit about them. Mike Lindell took two years to develop this. They're they're, uh, made with three-tier cushioning system, two layers of MyPillow foam, and a layer of impact gel that ensure that you don't have fatigue. The slippers are actually made to be worn all day, both indoors and outdoors. Yes, 
Yes, why not wear your pajama bottoms to work? Because now you can wear slippers too. And my kids love it when I wear them outside. It's one of the added benefits that Mike never really talks about. For a limited time, you can save 90 bucks on a pair of these slippers. It's a blowout sale. It's not going to last. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code BECK and get this great offer. Limited time only. They come with a one-year guarantee, uh, or sorry, one-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com, promo code BECK. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to get your subscription to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck program. Today is primary in many states today. What are the big races, Stu? Uh, the marquee stuff, you've got the gubernatorial primary uh, for the Republicans in Georgia, which is one of the big ones, Purdue mm. and Kemp doing battle there you've got a three-way race for the alabama senate primary which is a pretty interesting one actually um and that one is the one where if you remember mo brooks who's been yes, on the show yes, before yes, yes. he was he was endorsed by donald trump in march then collapsed he, well no he was he was kind of people basically said he was unendorsed excuse me unendorsed uh, by uh, trump in march and people thought it was over he since had a, like kind of an amazing comeback and is now right there in a three-way race uh, for for that. They'll only find they'll only get that down to a run out or a runoff today though. The, the top two is what's important there in Alabama today, and then big one in Texas as well with Ken Paxton. And Ken Paxton is joining us today. He's facing off with oh, please, please, dear God, if there is any common sense left in the state of Texas, get out the bushes for the love of Pete. Ken Paxton, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. It's going to be a good day, Glenn. I think uh, your your uh, your prayer is going to be answered. I I think so too. But I can't. I mean, I saw who you're running against, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Enough of the bushes, George P. Bush. Please, um, can we talk a little bit about because I think you are going to to win, and nobody should take that for granted. Please go out and vote. Uh, if you're in any of the primary states, we need the best people in office. Um, immigration, I, just reading the headlines today, Roger Marshall says it's a war zone at the U.S.-Mexico border, worse than I saw at Poland-Ukraine border. We also have Abbott coming out and saying as many as 100,000 migrants waiting to cross into Texas. What can we do? You know, it's it's a it's a challenging situation for the state of Texas because we have this ruling that sits out there from USD Arizona that says we can't do anything. What I hope that we will do as we fight the Biden administration in court, we have we have a potential really good ruling coming down in June from the Supreme Court on the Remain in Mexico asylum program. If we can win that in June, that will be a huge win, assuming the Biden administration actually follows the court order and the law. We'll be we'll be back in court uh, looking to hold them in contempt if they don't. So okay. we we if we get that win, it it will be huge because it'll give us leverage to go go get them to do something about it. But I also I hope that my legislature, someone in the governor's office, issues an executive order, something that challenges that U.S. v. Arizona case because I think it was wrongly decided. It cannot be right that states don't have the authority to protect themselves with the federal government, not only fails to do so, but invites the cartels to bring as many people exactly across right. the border as possible. 
that exactly can't be right. That is a wrong decision. No. So I want to go challenge that, and 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 I want the opportunity. I have to have the, I have to have somebody basically pass a law in in my state, and and then have the Biden administration sue us, or at least if they don't sue us, we get to implement the law and protect ourselves. Well, I I gotta believe that that is right. And and Ken, I was just talking about the crisis that is coming with food and with fuel. And migration, if food gets bad down in South America, they're all coming here. And the uh, um, administration has made it very clear that we stole all of this stuff. So why not come and just take it and claim it? We could be seeing real, real problems. I know. What was it? Half a million people came across in the last 45 days. Is that possibly right? that is very close to the I don't know what the exact number is because they don't tell us the exact number. But when you see the reports just from April and March, 221,000 and 234,000 that they actually counted, those are record-setting numbers for the century, not just for the year, not for the last 10 years, not just for the, I mean, the century. Um, so um, what are the big things that you're working on right now that you think are the most important besides the border? the most important things? So, I mean, there are really two things that I, I consider the most important thing. We, we, were, we were in a battle over the uh, heartbeat bill and then also the Dobbs case, which we're waiting for that to come down. We, we actually drafted the amicus, and that's the, the case that we argued that Roe v. Wade should be overturned. And 23 other states joined us as Mississippi tries to defend their 15-week ban. We argued that the whole thing should be struck down. So I think that's an important decision coming up. It's something we've been working on for years. And I think this is our opportunity, and I really do believe the court's going to stick with the opinion that got leaked. And then second is our massive fight in Texas. We have four Google lawsuits. We have one Facebook lawsuit, and we're involved in litigation with Twitter. So that's not the end of what we're going to do. That's just the beginning. And if we don't stop these big tech companies from controlling the marketplace of ideas and from crushing competition in America, we will not be free. There is um, uh, Ron DeSantis said uh, yesterday, there's no way Florida will support the WHO global pandemic treaty, which the Biden administration is trying to change and basically take out any roadblocks of you know, national sovereignty. Um, have you looked into this and, and what would we be doing in that case? So we're going to look at every little bit of that if they, if they get that through and we'll, we can't do anything until they do something, but if they actually do something that affects our state and, and other states, we'll, we'll go fight, we'll go fight them in court and try to stop them. And we've had a really high success rate in court against the Biden administration. We're, we're at over 90%. So I do think that they will probably violate that. They probably violate what? Federal law. And so it's, it's, it's going to be another lawsuit from the, from the state of Texas. We have, by the way, Glenn, we're in 34 lawsuits with the Biden administration just in a year and a half. Um, I loved George P. Bush's uh, remark on that. Uh, You know, we, we, we need uh, an attorney general that just doesn't sue all the time. Like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's what he's, you know what? I would tell him you're running for the wrong job. Now. Yeah. You're running yeah. for something else. Yeah, go back to That's the railroad we job. We, or fight, we fight. We don't have guns. We have courts. That's what we use. We have lawyers. And so if he doesn't want to fight with lawyers, this is not the right job. Uh, Ken, best of luck to you uh, today. Um, I hope you don't need it, but uh, it is primary day. And 
will be out voting. Thank you so much. Well, I, hey, I, I, I appreciate it. And please, yeah, again, just encourage your people to get out and vote. Because if we don't vote, then polls don't matter. Our works don't matter. We got people have to vote with their feet and get out and vote today. Yeah, this is uh, this is hard, especially when people are, you know, you're like, ah, they're going to win. That's when people lose because all of the supporters yep. stay at home. Thank you so much, Ken. Yep, that's Appreciate my it. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Uh, all right. Uh, let me uh, stop. Tell you about rough greens here. If you feed your dog uh, dry kibble food, I want you to take a moment. The next time you're anywhere near it, look at this stuff. I mean, Without me even telling you that it's sterilized and dead food, you can kind of tell that, right? I mean, you can put your dog food up on a shelf for two years and it's not going to mold. It's not, because there's nothing alive in it. It's just going to get dusty. Isn't that a little concerning? Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on your dog's food and it contains all the nutrients that your dog needs, which get cooked out of kibble food when it's being made. Probiotics, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, omega oils. They're just some of the things that your dog needs to live a healthier lifestyle. And they're all in Rough Greens. Rough Greens. They're so confident that your dog is going to love it that they're going to give you the first bag free. Because we just want to make sure that your dog likes it as much as Uno does, you know, or President Miles at Stu's house. We just want to make sure that, you know, your dog will eat it before you have to buy your first bag. So they'll give you the first bag free. Try it out. All you pay for is shipping. The longer you feed them rough greens, the more differences you're going to see. I have I continue to see changes in Uno to this day, and I've been feeding him for over two years. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN33. 833-GLENN33. Call them today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. So there's a few uh, states that are having primaries today. Um, is this the last round of big primaries? No, they, they keep going for a while. Okay. You know, it's a, it's a long road. <laughs> Every week we're going to have something going on for quite a while here okay. as we go through the summer. Uh, Georgia's kind of the marquee one, as we mentioned a little earlier. But there's no real surprise happening there, do you think? It doesn't seem so. So this race, of course, the governor, uh, the gubernatorial race is, is the big one that everyone's been talking about, which is uh, Purdue versus uh, versus Kemp. Now, Kemp was the governor during the 2020 election and stuck to his guns on this was not a fraudulent election. So it was a very early Trump target and not just the gubernatorial uh, race, but also the uh, Secretary of State. This is Raff- Raffensperger. Mm-hmm. You remember, he mm-hmm. was very outspoken about how the election mm-hmm. was secure. So Trump sort of recruited challengers for both of these races. Uh, in the gubernatorial race, which was the highest profile one, he was able to recruit uh, David Perdue, who lost the Senate race uh, back in 2020, as a sort of high profile um, uh, recruitment for him and and his his endorsements. And what's been interesting about that, there's been some reporting that they think Purdue kind of got into it because he thought he would just basically win because of Trump's endorsement and hasn't really campaigned all that hard. He's a very wealthy good. guy and it's kind of like, eh, you know, maybe I'll hang out in the hot tub. Uh, they, Trump uh, and and um, Purdue both deny that, uh, that, that that's happening. Uh, but 
the the reporting all is that Trump has given up on this race and doesn't think he is uh, that the Kemp is going to be defeated. Uh, right, the last poll came out and it had it at sixty to twenty eight with Kemp over uh, over Purdue. The interesting part about that, probably for tonight, is that it's not just about winning for Kemp. He needs to get over fifty percent. So the poll has him at sixty. Is it possible he falls below fifty and needs to go into a runoff, which would extend this? It's possible, but I, I would say unlikely at this point. More likely in the Secretary of State race, which looks like it probably will go to a runoff, though it's not decided yet. And that's that's the Raffensperger uh, Heiss race there. Uh, Stacey Abrams is running unopposed. We think she can actually declare victory on this one, and it'll actually be real uh, <laughs> since no one is running against her. Now, she did say that her state is the worst state. Uh, that was her that's her that's her closing message here in the primary. Her state sucks. There were you know, there are certain things that a state, you know, that people should be able to vote for and, you know, will vote for from time to time, like California, that uh, has all kinds of I mean, is going to be so extreme. California and New York on abortion, mm-hmm. um, like crazy, crazy, crazy extreme. Everything goes. And, uh, you know, it, it will deserve what it gets. You know, uh, the same thing with Stacey Abrams. If if Georgia decides to go with, say, Stacey Abrams, good luck to you, Georgia. Yeah. Sincerely. Good luck. I, I would I would quibble a bit with your analogy there. However, I, it's not that, that the state of New York will get what it deserves. The, these poor children will not get what they deserve. And that's I think the you should not be able to vote in the right to kill other people. No, I, I agree with that. But, you know, the, the, there is a. That that is a truly unlike Stacey Abrams. That is a truly moral statement. Mm. And if you decide that you know we can kill babies at any time, at any time, even after birth, um, you I mean you'll, you'll get what you'll you get, deserve. Oh yeah. <laughs> you will get what you deserve. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, and I want to take get your take on this. This is a, 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 a quote from I think it was the Washington Post who was doing reporting on this Georgia race, and they were trying to get to the bottom as to why. Trump's endorsements, which have been pretty successful around the country, generally speaking, why in this race where he put probably the most attention, why didn't this swing the race in the gubernatorial race? Here's here's what they say. Many Republican voters interviewed at polling locations this month said that they believe fraud tainted the 2020 election and Mm -hmm. that they like Trump, yet they are exhausted by his singular obsession with it and are ready to move on. Yep. You think is that the American? What yes. The Republican so voters so think? here's what I uh, what I pulled up as we were talking as you were talking about this. There are uh, there's a new poll out of Democrats and Republicans. Uh, what is the most important thing? Number six is discussing discussing the 2020 election. Thirty two percent of Republicans think that's important. Sixty eight percent say no. Let's not talk about it. So I do think. Wow. 68. 68 percent of Republicans. Wow. That's high. That's higher than I would have expected it. Number one, dealing with inflation. Republicans say 81 percent say dealing with inflation is number is the the biggest thing. Number two, with 59 percent stopping illegal immigration. Number three, with 56, talking about traditional values. Uh, Number four. Four is investigating the events of January 6th at 47 percent. 
Uh, hmm. Number five, I think they mean differently. Though. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, opposing abortion at 40 percent, then discussing the 2020 election. I think if, if Trump decides to run and if he is vulnerable to anyone in the, that primary, it's that it's probably like Ron DeSantis focusing on inflation and Donald Trump wanting to talk about the 2020 election more than the Republican electorate wants. And that's probably his so, only his only vulnerable point. I think so, too. You know, it's it's interesting. There was a straw poll done at the GOP convention in Wisconsin this last weekend mm-hmm. and Ron DeSantis won. Uh, DeSantis received 38% of the vote. Trump received 32%. Nikki Haley was the next one. She is at 7%. Other candidates, uh, you know, were under 2.5. DeSantis full 16 point ahead in the polls against the best performing potential Democratic opponent, Charlie Crist. Can you imagine him as Brett? Charlie Still? What year is this? I know. Charlie Crist again? I I know. It's incomprehensible they're trying this again. And I think what's happening here is that people still like Donald Trump and they still uh, support Donald Trump, but they're afraid Donald Trump is going to make this about the 2020 instead of make this about inflation and the border and solutions and fixing it. Yeah. And I, I think that that is starting to take hold uh, in America, and I think that is what you saw from the Republicans uh, in Georgia. Exactly. They don't want to go through it anymore. Joe Biden is gift wrapped the next four years if Republicans are smart about it. And you know, I can understand voters being concerned that the you know, the wrong road will be taken. Republicans do find a way every to, time to, to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. This is the Glenn Beck Program.